Yo, what's up, guys? Back again, Sparklight. Um, sorry if the mic sounds different. I'm actually not in a dance radio studio today. I'm actually at my house. Um, I was out of town for the weekend, so usually I record on Monday. This is Tuesday. Again, I was out of town for the weekend. Had some family stuff to tend to, but um, excuse me, I'm back, back, um, back in LA, back in effect. Um, you know, uh, again, appreciate all you guys for all the um support shown. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, let's talk about Sparks. Uh, first of all, I want to congratulate uh, Neca and uh, Chelsea Gray. For um, making an all-star team, that's big, that's huge. Um, shout out to them, both very, very deserving of it. Uh, I've said all year, I think Neca uh, should probably get some defensive player of the year votes. Um, for the for the most part, I never see anybody give her buckets. Like she's a very solid defender. She she knows how to be in great position, um, especially in the post. Uh, you know, like she she doesn't really foul too much. I don't think she's gotten close to fouling out all year. Um, she has great position. Uh, she uses her body very well and makes sure that she doesn't use her hands, um, which in turn, I think, like, you know, it, 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 it poses a lot of trouble for um, opposing uh, bigs when they um, go up against her because, like, you're not going to get a whole bunch of bailout calls against her because there's actually nothing to call. Like, she knows how to get physical, and then, like, right when it's at the brink, where it's like, you might try something, you might try to initiate some contact and, like, get a call, she'll back away. And now you off balance, and now you're throwing up a shot that isn't in rhythm um, or is not the shot that you wanted to take. Now you're just shooting a bailout shot. Um, and Chelsea Gray, all year, you know, I think she's been one of the best point guards in the league. Um had to was I think it was the seventh triple double in WNBA history, um, and continues to even even her growth from game one to like now has been just great to watch for me just you know being there all year, um, and you know even when I'm not there watching it on TV, um, which actually watching it on TV sometimes like that's why I might kind of like I like enjoyed the fact that they went on a road trip because watching it on TV sometimes you really get to see um, just the the inner workings and see things differently than what you saw when you went to the game. Um, and that's what, you know, happened, happened with, uh, uh, um, on, um, on this on road trip, you know, I saw a couple things differently. Uh, again, I was on vacation. I was, I was, well, not really vacation. I was back in Chicago, um, handling some family stuff. Um, <laughs> I remember last podcast I said, yeah, the sparks should go, the Sparks should go uh, uh, undefeated on this road trip. They didn't. <laughs> uh, they actually lost, like, the day after I said that. I was like, okay, great. Like, y'all, literally, y'all, you know, would lose. But they lost to Dallas. Um, I think that Candace, uh, Candace Spark actually rolled her ankle in that game, sprained her ankle, went down. And um, I think that, like, really, really, uh, you know, throw it off the team. Um I mean, again, I mean, we all know Candace Park is one of the best basketball players ever, not even women's basketball players ever, basketball players ever. Um, and, you know, when she's out there, things just look different. And when she's not out there, things look a certain way. Um, and I think that that's what happened in that game. Like, I think that with her getting hurt, I think she played, what, six minutes, like, then went out with an ankle sprain. And with her getting hurt, it kind of, like, 
throws the offense back a couple weeks, you know, because she comes in and you integrate her into the offense, and then you know you 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 kind of you know get a get you know like a rhythm with that, um, and you have that other playmaker that just actually just makes everything go quicker. Um, you know, like that was a play I think it was early in the game when she gets a rebound. I think it was after, I think it was either off a of May bass or like a free throw or something like that. She gets a rebound. And made a rebound, or she took it out immediately, throws it up court to Raquana for a quick layup. But that's just like the vision, and like that's just uh, you know it keeps the defense on their heels um, when you have another playmaker out there, especially from the big spot. You know, there's not too many bigs who can play make the way Candace does. You know, I actually had a uh, you know one of my past daily takes earlier in the year. I said that they need to use her a lot like Jokic, and I think that she was allowing herself to be used like Jokic, and I think that she was approaching the game with kind of like a Jokic-type mind state. Um, again, I think she's probably – I think Chelsea is uh, the flashiest playmaker on the team, but I think that Candace is the best playmaker on the team. And when you lose that, you lose a lot. And also defensively, which is uh, one of the things that I think that they struggle with um, on this road trip especially in the um, Atlanta game that they played, was their defense. Um, obviously, Elena has also been out, too. You know, she's been out with, uh, if I'm not mistaken, a leg injury, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, she's been out with a leg injury. Um, so, yeah, hamstring, left hamstring injury. Um, so, obviously, two-time defense player of the year, her not being at Hurts as well. But um, I think that, Candace does so many little things defensively that, you know, people may not notice. Um, for one, it's her communication. Like, I think that she's the person that gets everybody else in line to know what, that they have to help. Um, I think she has the highest basketball IQ on the team, probably one of the highest in the league, probably one of the highest basketball IQs out of anybody that plays professional basketball. So when she's not out there, like, that's what you're losing. Um, and, again, like, defensively, like, it, it – the game against the Chicago Sky. Actually, when I was back in Chicago, I went to see the Chicago Sky play. They played the Liberty, and it didn't look anything like when they came and played the Sparks and got, like, steamrolled. Um, but a lot of that was because of Candace. Like, she may not get many blocks, you know. She may not always get 12 rebounds, but it's more the defense than just that. Um, uh, you know, like, she had the famous quote, you know, that they were, that they were uh, helping the helper. Um, and I think that when she's not out there, that that's kind of what you miss. I mean, I think that that's what you saw in the, in the uh, Dallas game. Also, Chelsea didn't have her best game. Like, she probably won't repeat the performance that she had against Dallas ever again. Uh, what did she have? She had she had three she had three points, two rebounds, and four assists. She won't repeat that performance again. Um, Neca was great. She had 10 and 15. Um, Shanae also had 11 and 10. She's a, Shanae has, has actually been playing really, really good over this, um, this little, uh, road, uh, these, uh, this road stand that, that they've had recently. Actually, I actually thought that in the Atlanta game, especially in overtime, uh, I thought that, um, they were kind of getting killed in a pick and roll all game, uh, it was either it was like a, it was like a combination of the person who was getting screened would die on the screen, and the person who was you know supposed to, uh, uh, you know hedge or ice, and you know, kind of contain the uh, ball handler, not showing the way they should, when they couldn't stop penetration, 
and Atlanta pretty much got anything thing they wanted to win the paint. I mean, like even if you look at the um, game tie and bucket that uh, put the game into overtime, it's literally just somebody just pretty much goes like free of resistance to the rim with less than two seconds left. Like that 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 can't happen. Um, but in overtime, I thought that um, Shanae was Shanae was. Uh, I thought she really changed the game for him. Like, if you go back and watch the overtime, I think they did a much better job covering the screen and rolls. And I think a lot of that was Shanae just getting out there, being active, moving her feet, and attacking the ball handler. Like, I, 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 I felt like even when, cause I, I didn't, I didn't see the full Dallas game, but I went back and um, you know, watched pieces of it, but I didn't see it live. Even in the Dallas game, like, I don't think that. I think they let the screener dictate to them what the play was going to be instead of dictating well, well not the screener, dictating to the ball handler what the play is going to be. Um, best example of it, uh, if you guys go back and watch Draymond's defense um, in, in the Portland series, when Draymond would switch out or, you know, when, when you know, they would, like, cover a screen, Draymond would attack the ball handler. So we would push the ball handler back. So basically, now he's 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 basically playing offense, and now you got the ball handler playing defense because now he's reacting instead of you know he's coming at you full speed. Now you backpedaling, and now you you know pretty much at their mercy. Um, I felt that Shanae in the overtime did a great job of uh, of of forcing the issue and telling the ball carrier what she was gonna do, and not just accepting what the ball carrier did. And reacting to that, and I think that that's what helped them pull that game out in overtime. Um, but I do really want to focus on that game because I do think that that game is probably one of the every week. I think they have a game that you know could 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 rank up there with their you know best win of the season. I think the Vegas game still is one of their best wins. I also think the Mystic game is is on one of one of their best wins. But the Atlanta game because it was a game that it wasn't pretty. I think that when they go back and look at it. Um, they had practice today. I actually wasn't able to attend practice today. Uh, and had to do this podcast for you guys. Also, got to do a couple other things, so I wasn't able to attend. I'm sure they'll have one tomorrow or, or Thursday. I will be there because there are some questions that I do want to ask uh, Coach and um, the rest of the team. But I think that pulling out a game in the fashion of which they pulled it out, you know, um, you're on the road, end of a road trip, you're shorthanded. I mean, Alexis Jones isn't there. Candace Parker, your leader, she isn't there. Uh, Elena Beard, two-time defense player of the year, back-to-back. She isn't there. Um, so you're, you know, you're shorthanded. You watch your third straight game on the road. You know, you probably fly back to L.A. tomorrow. It's easy to, you know, look at that game and be like, man, we, 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 we just want to get this over with. Especially against a team like Atlanta. You know, Atlanta isn't considered uh, an elite team. I think if I'm not mistaken, they had one, I think, three straight coming in. Um, so it's a trap game. Um, and I think that it had all the signs of a trap game. Um, I think that they came out and, you know, looked good, looked cool. I still thought the pick-and-roll defense was bad, but it was, you know, serviceable. They looked fine. Then around the third quarter, I think that the dream went on like a 9-2 to two run and um, actually ended up taking the lead in the fourth quarter. And I just didn't like the way – the offense looked. I felt the offense got stagnant. Um, I felt that, again, with Candace not being out there, you don't really have that other playmaker. Now everything 
has to come from Chelsea. Um, and the only critique I have about Chelsea, um, it's not really even a critique. Like, it's something that she's getting better with and that, like, I'm sure, you know, as time goes on, um, when she gets even more used to the freedom that Fish is giving her, um, I think that she'll get better with it. Um, and that, you know, next year, the year after, you know, you won't see her make some of these same mistakes. Um, is that sometimes on, like, the pick and roll, she has a tendency to be a little bit too patient. I like her patience, but she doesn't... Sometimes she'll, you know, get into a situation where she'll come around the screen and she'll wait for something to open up, but she'll wait for something to open up so long that she kind of gets trapped. And now you get caught in no man's land. Now you got to either, you know, try to do one of those passes where you're trying to go up for a shot, but you're passing it off, or you're throwing up a bad shot. It's pretty much a bailout at this point because you're pretty much caught in no man's land. There's really nothing to do um, when you get there. Um, the one thing that I would like to see her do, um, I would love if, you know, Coach Fisher could uh, um, suggest this to her. Um, I would love if she could watch a little bit of Steve Nash, a little bit of Trey Young, maybe even a little bit of John Stockton and try to incorporate that into her game with the pick and roll. Um, basically, there's ways to wait for a play to open up on the pick and roll, but still be attacking the defense and still making yourself a threat and you know not letting the defense, again, dictate what you're going to do um, on the pick and roll. I think that one thing she should do is just keep her dribble alive. You know, like I used to see Steve Nash would dribble around the rim, dribble around the rim, dribble around the rim, dribble around the rim, and then finally wait for something to open up. But he's still putting pressure on the defense. Because it's not like, he's not bailing the screener route where it's like, well, well not the screener, but the like screen defender route where like, you know, I kind of just came around and I'm not really attacking. I'm just kind of like dribbling and being patient and being patient and waiting for something to open up. And, you know, basically you getting, you letting the defender be able to basically play two people. But if I'm active and if I'm, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, maneuvering around the rim, putting pressure on you, you have to stay with me. You have to keep your eyes open because that's an easy layup if you don't. Like, that's a quick reverse layup off the glass all day if you don't. Um, and I think that that's something that she could stand to get better at. But I think that that's something that with time, as time goes, um, as all of them get more used to the freedom uh, that Coach Fisher is giving them, I think that that's something that you will see them improvise a little bit more um, and do things like that. Um, the one complaint that I have about, again, when I was back in Chicago, I, I actually went to a Sky Liberty game. That was the first time I went to a WNBA game and like I wasn't uh, covering it. You know, this is my first time. I, w I went with my homie Illy. Shout out my homie Illy. Um, shout out to Sky staff. They were, all, they were also very, 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 very nice to us um, as well. Um, but that was my first time just going as like a fan. I was sitting right behind the um, Liberty bench and just watching the game. And I feel like, I, I think I said this the first episode, I think that coaches do a, some coaches in the, in the WNBA do a, like a, they, they do a disservice to the game and to their players by just micromanaging. They want to coach too much. You don't have to coach every little thing. Sometimes you got to let them play basketball. Um, like I, again, was watching Liberty and, uh, Kia Nurse couldn't be stopped. Literally, she couldn't be stopped. But they wouldn't, they like stuck in this, okay, well, she's not the point guard. Like, we have a point guard. So, like, let the point guard run offense. Like, no, just get a ball to Kia, run a screen and roll, let her navigate, let her create. No one can stop her. If her usage rate is 35%, like it's hard in levels, 
Who cares? No one can stop her. Even when I watch the Misses play sometimes, Christy Tolliver. I think everything offensively on Washington should run through Christy Tolliver. I think her usage rate should be astronomically high. I think that all of these athletes um, are talented enough to the point where you can give them the ball, trust them to play basketball, and they'll do something with it. And, not, and, and, and that's what I really want to commend um, Derek Fisher for doing from day one. I think that he really empowers these women to uh, just play basketball. Like, just go out there and play basketball. Play the game that you've been playing forever. Like, he kind of makes it where it's like they're at the playground, but it's more organized than that. You know, like, you just, some things you just got to feel. If you don't feel it, then maybe you don't need to be out there. But some things you just got to go in and you, and you, and you, and you just, just got to feel. Know when it's time to make a cut. Know when it's time to set a screen. Know when it's time to, you know, uh, know what spot to be in. I can't coach everything for you. Just go out there and play basketball. And I think that Chelsea has benefiting the most from that because, and I think she's a, uh, uh, she, she knows how to improvise. Like, even if you look at the last play of the game, um, what a, the last play in regulation when she hit what I thought was going to be the game winner, I don't know what the hell play that was. Whatever play they drew up, that ain't the play they ran. They ran something completely different. What you saw was the individual brilliance of Chelsea Gray being able to improvise and make something happen. Like, I think somebody's supposed to come up and set a screen for her, a double screen. I don't know. Whatever was supposed to happen did not happen. And eventually the play broke down, and she just had to go out there and just play basketball. And I think that she's really, really good at playing basketball. But at the same time, that is one thing that I would like to see her do. I would love to see her be able to, you know, be, as she's being patient on the pick and roll, still, um, um, you know, commanding her space and telling the defense what the defense is going to do instead of letting the defense tell her um, what she's going to do. Um, so definitely one thing I would like to see her um, improve upon. But all in all, like, I don't love the position that they're in, but, I mean, if we're looking at conferences, Western Conference, Eastern Conference, um, they're third in the conference. Uh, let me see where they stand with the, in the overall WNBA. I'm um, sorry about the noise in the background. I'm so sorry again. Like, I'm not at, I'm not at Dash Radio. I'm just at my house today. Um, there's everything going on outside right now, but... Um, so sorry about that. Uh, in the league right now, they're fifth. Um, only they're behind Vegas, who was at eleven and five. Connecticut, eleven and six. Vegas has won five games in a row. My goodness, the Mystics have lost three, but Deladon's been out for all three. They're nine and six. Uh, Minnesota Lynx ten and seven. Sparks nine and seven. So I don't love where they're at. I wish that they could probably be like. Then I think. Th- Excuse me, third. I wish that third was my um, aspirations for them uh, after this road trip, if I'm not mistaken. I think I said that they should excuse me, probably be in third place. Um, so I, I don't love where they're at, but, I mean, look, they're only two games behind. Um, they're 4-2 and two at home. They're 5-5 and five on the road, but they're 4-2 and two at home. Luckily for them, they have a... But they don't really have a homestand coming up. They coming up, they played at the Wings, which is a rematch on Thursday. So hopefully, um, you know, Candace can maybe be back off that ankle sprain. Also, hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm sure Chelsea Gray won't have the performance that she had against, um, you know, uh, uh, the Wings in Dallas. Um, again, in uh, L.A., I can almost promise you that won't happen. 
Then they go out or on the road again against the Liberty. Liberty have been sliding recently. Like, literally, I just saw them get beat by, like, 900 by Chicago, in Chicago. But they will be at home. It won't be easy. Um, they also, I think they lost. They lost to them in L.A. last time. That was when, like, they both teams cracked 90 points. So neither team played defense in that night. Uh, um, that night. Then they're back against the Dream in Atlanta once again. Um, it's going to be tough again, but they should pull it out. And then you have the marquee matchup against the Aces back in L.A. Uh, you get the Liz Cambage, Kalani Brown matchup again, um, which should be extremely, extremely fun to watch. Um, I actually think that could be like a little rivalry coming up um, between those two. I mean, Kalani's not going anywhere. Um, I think that Kalani is like a, a, a pillar of the future for the Sparks team. Um, she's getting the jumper working now. Um, I think that the main thing she has to work on is uh, with her, I think when she gets off as a rebound sometimes, she doesn't – I still don't even think she fully knows how to use her size yet. Um, sometimes she brings the ball down a little bit too much. Like when she get off as a rebound, she'll kind of bring it down and take it back up. Like, nah, just keep it high. If you keep it high, really nobody can, like, stop you. You know, like most of the people aren't your size, and it's like the very few people that are your size. I think that she's probably stronger than most of them and more physically imposing than most of them. So they still can't even stop her. Like Liz is Liz is around her height. I think Liz is like six six, six seven. Elena is like six six. Uh, you know, you, you got a couple uh me John Quill Jones is I think like six six, six five, something like that. So you have people that are that size, but I don't think most of them are as like physically imposing as she is. So if she, you know, gets a rebound and keeps it high and just taps it right back off the glass, like nobody can really stop her. But I think sometimes right now she still has a tendency to bring the ball a little bit too low and which allows people to swipe at it, grab at it. Then she's like trying to like rip it up and like throw it off the glass, which like leads to her missing some of those um, easy putbacks that you see her miss sometimes. Um, but I think her and Liz could be a growing rivalry. Like, that little uh, mix-up they had on Twitter was hilarious. I loved it. I think it's great for the game as a whole, um, especially with, you know, um, because of, you know, marketing dollars, there's really, you know, only, like, so much that, like, the league can do. But there's still a lot that the players themselves can do to, you know, push the game forward. Like I said, Instagram is free. Twitter is free. You can be a voice. You can be a personality. So, um, you know, when they're getting into little getting into little Twitter beefs, especially when it's nothing serious, you know, it's just, it's just about the game. It's all good, you know, it's, it's like all in good fun. You know, nobody's coming at anybody's family. Nobody is, you know, coming at anybody personally. You know, it's all good fun. It's all within the game. It's all, you know, sitting around something that happened. Like, that brings, um, you know, excitement. That makes me want to watch. It's like, ooh, they really don't like each other. Let me tune in to see a rivalry. You know, I think that rivalries are good for the sport. Um, you know, you even look at, uh, Celtics, Lakers in the 80s, like you had Magic, you had Bird, great for basketball. Um, you know, Warriors, Cavs, great for basketball. Um, you know, um, um, well, I mean, hey, look, Lakers, Clippers, <laughs> great for basketball. Like you want to see rivalries, you want to see, you know, you want to see that people have some type of animosity towards each other on the basketball court. So I love what Liz and um, Kalani um, engaged in on Twitter. Um, and, you know, when they play on August 1st, I'll be watching. You know, like, I'll be at the game, like, looking for any any type of mix-up between those two. I think it'll be beautiful. I think it'll be great. But, again, with the outlook on the season, like, eventually I think that you want to start to put together some wins. 
Um, I think they got about like 17 games left. Um, schedule doesn't look too bad. Um, I mean, you know, look, the Wings below 500, Liberty below 500, Dream below 500, Aces out of Aces, Storm out of Storm, the Mercury, Diana Taurasi has come back, but the Mercury are below 500. Um, and those are the next, what, one, two, three, four, five, six games. Sky, good team. Then again, you got the Wings again below 500, the Sky. Well, the Sky are actually right now, they are one game above 500. Um, then the Lynx, then the Fever, below 500, Sun. And so, look, they their schedule isn't too crazy to end off the season, um, but you definitely want to eventually at some point start to put together some wins and get you a little bit of distance from, you know, the the, the um, bottom half of the, uh, the league. Um, like, again, right now they're sitting fifth. Um, it's not a bad place to sit, especially when you think about all the injuries that they've had. Um, and also Maria uh, Vadia, she has a knee injury. Um, I guess she suffered that in like the Euro League um, tournament. So prayers to her. Um, hope she can you know get well soon, get you know healthy, and um, you know get over here and uh, help the Sparks win some basketball games. But I mean, hopefully they can get healthy. And when they get healthy, I think that you know as long as they can be healthy at the right time, you know as as long as they can be healthy in late September, October, I think that you know. Um, that um they'll be fine. Um I think that when you look at the playoffs, as long as again they're healthy, I don't know if I see a roster that's better. I think the Aces, obviously Connecticut has a really good roster, the Mystics, if they're healthy, but I mean I think the Sparks can compete with all of them. You know, I think that, you know, two all stars, I really think they could have had three or four. You know, like Cheney could have been an all star. Candace, if she had played all season, she probably would have been an all-star. Um, I even think Maria, if she was over here in America, she would have been an all-star. Like, the first game that, you know, she played against Vegas, I mean, she was the best player on the court for the Sparks. Like, far and away, the best player on the court. But I even think if she was over here all year, she would have been an all-star. Um, so, when it comes to talent, like, uh, there's, 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 you know, no reason that this team can't beat anybody. Like I said it um, if they play like the team that they're supposed to play like and play to the absolute peak, there's no reason they can't beat anybody. Like, zero reason they can't beat anybody that they match up against. Um, I think health has, you know, permitted them from being a team that they want to be also. You, you know, you're getting used to a new system. You know, you're getting used to a new coach. You're pretty much having to, you know, unlearn things that, that you've learned your whole career and relearn new principles because he teaches the game a different way. Like, even when I – um you know, go to practice or see things that, you know, Coach Fisher does. I'm like, man, he's really, he's really, really coaching in like a Phil Jackson type of way. Like even in a game against Atlanta, like it's like a two-point game and he takes Chelsea and sits her down. Like, nope, get a, like, nope, get a rest. That's like some shit that Steve, that's like something Steve Kerr would do. You know, like I know the Warriors fans were always mad at Steve Kerr's rotations because he would like, it would be, be a pivotal time in a game when he sits up down for four minutes and like throw Quinn Cook out there. But it's like, no, you have to believe in your guys. Like, you do that because you never know what may happen. Like, there may be a time, you know, somebody roll an ankle or something like that. Maybe they can't play. You know, maybe, you know, somebody roll an ankle and you got to sit them down. And now this person off the bench and now Marina has to come in. Um, and and now uh, Sydney has to come in um, and believe that you have trust in them and that you have faith in them and feel empowered to just play their game. Also, they have to have had experience. They've had to have have failed. 
in high intensity moments and also succeeded in high t- intensity moments so that, you know, you get down the stretch and you get later on in the season. Again, you never know what what may happen or why you might need someone. Um, you know what I mean? Look, hey, look, I mean, look at the finals. Like, KD goes down, Clay goes down. Now you need guys like Quinn Cook to step up. I thought in game, uh, what was it, game five, Quinn Cook made two of the biggest plays in the game. But you want to know why? Because he's failed in moments, and he's also succeeded in moments. So it's like, you know what, I feel empowered to go out there and play my game. And I can see, you know, Fish doing that, or like some of his schemes, you know, coming from Phil Jackson and playing on the field, permeating through the organization and through the sparks. And just, I love it. Like, I really... I, again, I, I really, really love it. I think that he's great for the game. of. I think he's great for women's basketball um, as a whole. Um, again, like I love to see the fact that they're being empowered to go out there and just play basketball. You know, there's so many there's so many great athletes. There's so much great talent around the league. You don't have to overcoach and micromanage everything like they're a high school team. Sometimes roll the ball out there, do a pick and roll, and tell your best player to go out there and just figure it out because she is good enough to do that. So I love what Fish is doing. I think they had to unlearn some things. I think that they're coming into their own. And, again, it's not also just about this year for me. I think that they have, like, if you look at the past decade, 20 years, a large argument can be made they're the most winning, they're they're the winningest basketball team in L.A. A large argument can be made, especially in this decade. I mean, you got the Clippers, but especially in this decade. Between them and the Clippers, the most the, the 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 most successful basketball teams in LA. So it's not just about this year; it's about the future. I think the Sparks are in a great place, um, and man, I'm 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 excited to see how the rest of this week goes. Uh, again, shout out to uh, uh, Neca and uh, Chelsea for making an All Star team. Uh, hopefully, I'll be there to cover it. And um, yeah, Sparklight. Talk to you guys later.